another dynamic guest today, Mr. Tyson Knight. Uh, people want to know what makes him so dynamic, so unique, so amazing. Well, one is his pop art, two, three, and four. Let's find out. Welcome to the show, everybody. Do your part. Everything is fueled from me wanting to be a better person on earth. It's time to do your part. I don't want you to dream. I want you to do it. Tap into the conversation. Check one, two. As we cover the latest issues affecting our communities and the world. It is absolutely vital that the truth comes out. Resolve your unconscious bias and grow from firsthand experiences. Is your mind truly free or is it caged? This is Do Your Part with Brian Gallo. Welcome back, everybody. Do Your Part is the podcast. As you already know, I am your host, Brian Gallo. Uh, you really know the objective with our podcast. We're trying to come up with some solutions, uh, tangible actions and things that people can do and take to be able to just uh, really help tackle racism and prejudice. What do you think about mm. that, buddy? Yeah, man, I think um, that's definitely a, um, a topic that needs to be discussed. And actually, more importantly, we need to find a solution that works for our society because right now it's just a lot of tension and and um, just the temperature right now is it's very divisive. So. Yeah. And a lot of people are asking men of color questions. But before we get into the yes. conversation, I'm backing into this. Yes. Introduce yourself a little bit. I've known you for quite some time <laughs> here in the Coachella Valley. Your your name just rose really quickly. It was almost overnight. You've been on the scene. Yes. And what I love about you is you're philanthropic. You believe in giving back. So tell folks a bit about you. Hey, how you guys doing out there? My name is Tyson Knight. I am an actual um, street artist. Uh, my transition to uh, being a... Um, I'll say international kind of national artist. Um, I reside in Palm Springs, California. I'm originally from New Jersey, so I'm an East Coast, West Coast uh, uh, artist now. And, um, you know, I just like giving back to my community, and um, I just have a, a special place in my heart for uh, the Coachella Valley, mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah, so that's me, um, street artist, um, public artist, and um, philanthropist. Philanthropy yeah. work, yes. And, and, <laughs> and, that word. <laughs> well, that's perfect because that's where I want to take the beginning of this conversation yeah. is giving back, volunteering, youth. All of these things are very, very important to you. Mm -hmm. Like, why don't people do that? And where did you learn this? Why is it so important to you? Um, well, you know, um, when I was younger, you know, I, I, I always knew I was creative and I was an artist, but I didn't know um, how my art would impact people per se. Mm -hmm. And when I actually got here to um, Coachella Valley, I started out as a barber. I was cutting hair in a barber shop. And a lot of young, young uh, men of color would come in and have these issues, and I would help them with their issues. So that was kind of the start of me um, in, in my road to being a mentor. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to um, get in contact with the Palm Springs Unified School District, and I was able to uh, take my art. And, you know, how I was taking, talking to these young men at the barbershop and put those two things together. And that's wow. why I started my art mentorship program. Mm -hmm. So I was blessed enough to understand the purpose of my art. Mm -hmm. once, I stood, once I understood the purpose of my art, it just took it to another level because I understood that me having these talents was to be in servitude to others mm -hmm. and to help others. So that really is the most important part of my whole career. Mm -hmm. Like I look at the art as secondary was first to me is helping people and encouraging people and inspiring people. So yeah, I was blessed to be able to combine both of those and that's where I gained the, um, the power of who I am, mm -hmm. um, self-belief in myself mm -hmm. and the um, ability to change people's lives for the better, mm -hmm. yeah. It's really interesting because I know as youth, we are always encouraged to make sure that we have a plan, we have things mapped out, what's your five-year plan, what mm -hmm. do you wanna be when you yeah. grow up, yeah. all of those things. Mm -hmm. And what I'm hearing is that this just kind of, it all kind of morphed into its own, mm -hmm. right? Like you really realized through your philanthropy and through mentorship that that was the missing element to yes. why you are an artist. Mm -hmm. But you didn't know that beforehand until you did. No, no, no. Wow. So I, 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 it's very important for me to help um, young people of color mm -hmm. and, and, and if you're, you know, just anybody in general yeah, yeah. Uh, to find your, your knowledge of self. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where a lot of the... Um, a lot of your uh, self-value mm -hmm. and what you can contribute to society comes about. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, and that, we don't learn that in school. You don't learn that in school. So now that I'm able to um, help people with that, I think that's very important, especially nowadays, yeah. especially with uh, people of color, especially young men of color, mm -hmm. um, because you have to understand your value um, to the society. And once you understand the value, then you look at your other 
brother as someone that's not an enemy, but someone that's um, that you can help and you yeah. know, build something with. And that's the first thing you want to do is how yeah. can we yes. find a common bond? Yes. You know, um, I will say your definition of freedom, obviously, there's the, you know, Webster's definition, mm-hmm. but I think we all have different definitions of what yeah. freedom means to mm-hmm. us. And what you're describing is that's real freedom. Yes. Right? Yes. Like once you realize what your value is. Yeah, absolutely. And then you can say, okay, here's how I can apply that to the world and leave absolutely. a mark. That's real freedom. That's real freedom. Yeah. I've That's been going freedom. through that. You know, I always encourage my friends, especially my male friends, because mm-hmm. we're a little more gruff. You have to, you have to do the work, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like. But you need to be working introspectively on yourself to some degree yes. at all point in times with the objective to be what we're talking about. Yes. Find out what your, what your value is. Absolutely. You know? Um, I'm glad we, we opened with that because here, no, for real, because it's yeah. weird. Like here in You're the Coachella right. Valley, I work with a lot of people. I'm not going to call out names, but mm-hmm. a lot of people have zero interest in volunteering, zero interest in giving back. And it, mm-hmm. it blows my mind. I You're had, right. Yeah. I had a conversation with You're my right. friend and I was like, be a big brother. He's like, uh, you know, volunteering isn't calling to me right now. When it calls to me, I'll know. And right now I'm just doing me at 43 years old. I mean, you've yeah. always been doing you. Yeah. So, but what people don't realize is like. When you're put in a blessed situation in your life, that's when your servitude has to be even at a higher level. Mm. Because not only are you helping someone find who their value, you, you also keep instilling the value in yourself. Mm-hmm. And that energy, that surge of energy, it's, it's incredible. But we, we live in a society where... You know, everybody's, I'm just going to get mine. I'm just going to get mine. Right. I'm not worried about the next person. Greedy, hungry. So, so really what you're doing is you're, feed, you're, you're actually feeding the monster of divisiveness. Mm-hmm. Now, if you take it into a racial tone, that just adds on to it. Mm-hmm. So it's small things that, come, that turn into big things. Where if everybody understands their value, then we can have conversation with each other. And we can respectfully disagree. Mm-hmm. But when you have this mentality, it's all about me all the time. Mm-hmm. You have this stand. You draw a line in the sand. So even if I had a difference of opinion from you, you wouldn't. Able, we both wouldn't have gained understanding of each other to respect each other enough to say, okay, okay, brother, tell me why you feel that way. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know what? I understand you a little bit better now because mm-hmm. everybody's like, back up. This all me. Back up. Everybody else, back up. Right. So I think the highest level mm-hmm. it, it, spiritually you can have is servitude. That's what we're here for. You know, I like what you said a moment ago about not even really including the blanket of racism on mm-hmm. top of that, mm-hmm. because people look at race, race relations, especially race relation issues, especially now, and it's very black and white. Yeah. But there's so much beneath, so many levels, that. so many levels. A lot of ra- racism to me, like I just had an issue, as you may know, last Friday, right? Some dude okay. called me a fucking nigger when I was driving. Oh wow, right? okay. Um, and everybody's like, you know, let's hang him and let's get him and you know, yeah. hunt him. And it's like, you know what? That's his shit. Exactly. Your anger issues, and you as my advice to him, if we were having a civil conversation, yeah. would be, "Yo, like, w- 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 take steps back in your life to figure out what what are you so angry about? Yes. Right? How do I get you from being so uh, filled with hate and rage mm-hmm. to like love? Right? Yeah. Because when he brought up at me, at first I was ready to talk shit, <laughs> and I'll be, and I did. And I, I understand. I understand. That's, I that's, that's, that might be the first reaction. It was, yeah. but yeah. then I stopped and I said, "It's all peace. It's all love, brother. Yeah. It's all peace. It's all love." And that mm-hmm. made him even more mad. <laughs> so I include. I just. It's important that we kind of we unpack that a little bit right there because it is not pun intended, a black and white issue. It's not black and white. There's so much that is underneath. There's so many different layers that we're not addressing. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go on the N-word, right? So mm-hmm. I've been called um, a nigger before too, right? So, and when, I, when, when this person called me this, it didn't affect me in a way that I wanted to get into an altercation with this person. I actually felt sorry for this you person. empathy, right. So I had empathy for this person, sympathy. right? Mm-hmm. So... What I realized was that if I was to get upset and attack this person, I'm empowering this person by their words. Because you got to remember, there's no really bad, bad words. That's just words used badly. Mm-hmm. So, and, and the, the word behind it. Yes. And most people don't know that uh, the word nigger came from the Latin word ne- negra. A negro, which means black. Mm-hmm. So over time, it's morphed into this thing that's negative against African Americans. But it didn't start that way. It didn't start that way. So a lot of these words are just morphed into these things. Mm-hmm. So I look at it as like, if if someone calls me a bad name or calls me the N word, if I don't give them, if I don't empower that word or empower that person, it has no effect on me. Mm-hmm. 
And this is why I have you here. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's because I think that it, 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 we generalize, so people always seem to think that they know what that word does to us. Mm-hmm. And what we see, uh, as far as media is concerned, yeah. it's a trigger word. It a is a trigger people, word. They, they, a trigger they light word. up. You're right. And I and I, I remember, right, because it, it takes work. I remember when I had let somebody get the best of me by calling me a name. I don't think mm-hmm. it was nigger. I don't mm-hmm. remember exactly what it was. But I remember me losing it. Yes. And the, I had this conversation last night with my, mm-hmm. with my friend. Mm-hmm. And I learned in that moment, never again. No. Because I don't know you, bro. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to give you that energy. And you gave him, you empowered them. I did. And not only did I empower him, I, I take it with me. Yes. Right? So the disappointment that I had, the, the self-reflection, the journey I had to walk through just in that moment of me reacting to somebody who I didn't even know. Yeah. I learned a lot. Yes. So it helped me, and I was trying to explain that to a lot of my friends this yeah. past weekend. Mm-hmm. It's like, you don't get it, you guys. First of all, I work in media. You know that. Yeah, absolutely. I put a lot of work into who I am. Absolutely. And I'm not going to jeopardize everything I've done, all my work to get to be out there uh, caught on YouTube, fist fighting, not exactly. world star with some dude who called me a nigger that I don't know. And because it's he's hurting and he has other issues going on. So why sit here and destroy your whole everything I've worked for everything you work for? Jeopardize that. You can't I don't I wouldn't invest that much power in right. anybody. Now listen to listeners who I get it. It's like fuck that. We need to light these fools <laughs> up on time. Yeah. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And I get the concept and the idea behind yes. that. Yes. Because because this is hard. It's yeah. hard for us and in each moment it's very it's isolated incidents. Yes. But if you can if you cannot give people your power, if it's nigger, if it's faggot, if it's you're a bum, if it, whatever, mm-hmm. if you don't give people your power, that's the ticket. You're right. Now, if your life was in danger or something like that, that's a whole different uh-huh. story because, right. like, you know, preservation comes into effect. Mm-hmm. Um, fight or yeah, flight, right? Yeah, fight or flight. But words, I mean, we, 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 if we can condition ourselves to not give the words power, those people go away. That's his shit. That ain't mine. You're in media, right? Yeah. You're in media, so you understand, like, if a sto- if a say like a story is gonna break on a certain celebrity, right? That this celebrity doesn't want that 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 so this this scandal out there. Uh huh. Now, I've seen where if you get a, if you get ahead of the story and put it out yourself, you take a lot of power away from the media. And it's the same type of premise. If you get ahead of it, they lose the power. So if someone's to call me an N word. If I don't even respond, yeah. what are they going to do? Keep calling me until they look like a fool? Right. I look like a fool already. <laughs> now, if they try to attack me, then that's a different dynamic. We're talking about something different. On top of that, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, but I, I just that's how that's how I kind of look at things. I love it. And it's interesting because when we see these videos on World Star and mm-hmm. Facebook, and it's really sad to see, yeah. but usually these people who are filled with rage end up getting the karma it's so instant and they end up getting, yes. they end up getting hurt and mm-hmm. then they end up having to apologize yeah. it's just it's all so messy yes um i had this conversation again with my buddy last night mm-hmm. and he's a man he's a black dude my age mm-hmm. and he was called a nigger in trader joe's like two mm-hmm. years ago and he got in a fist fight with this white dude beat his ass in the grocery store and hearing him talk about it it like broke my heart yes because i don't want to see my fr- i can't i don't like him when i think of him i think of love yeah and mm-hmm. envisioning that was like it was hard. And I can't now unsee that, right? Yeah. But that's what he had to do in that moment. Yeah, that's what he, I mean, like, I'm not going to, you know, castigate anybody that, you know, uh, put anybody down that has to react the way they want to react. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just saying, let's look at it from a, a three-dimensional level of thinking where if I walk out of here, that's more powerful than me beating you up. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, that's not going to stop him from saying that word. Right. Because now it's going to just reinforce it even more in that person that had that racist word because I got attacked for that. This black man beat me up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now you give him more vitriol to say the word to someone else. Right. You're co-signing it. But if you was to walk in and say, okay, and walk away, that's going to sit with him. Forever. Yes. Yes. And then the next time he's going to call somebody a name and then they don't respond again. Mm-hmm. And he's the one running around like a silly hothead. <laughs> Right, just offending people. In the po- I posted this on Friday. I was adv- advised by some people, like, you need to post it. I took a picture of his mm-hmm. license plate. Yeah, yeah. And in the post, I put, you know, hey, this dude, this was the first for me. You know, got to love the local neighborhood, yada, yada, mm-hmm. yada. But I put, if you see this dude, have a sit down with him. Yes. And I meant that. And everyone's like, a sit down. And I was like, no, <laughs> d- d- don't light him up. Don't beat his ass. Yeah. Sit him down. Yeah. You know? Um, 
So I say that because even as I tried to uh, explain my experience to people to share it, mm-hmm. which I was on the fence about doing in the first place, yes. um, I still was trying to come from a place of reason and love. Yes. Um, I ended up deleting the post. It got shared like 250 times. Uh, there was some mistaken identity because like people were looking up the license plate yes. and it was attached to the wrong names. Yeah. But somebody asked me, why did you delete it? And I said, because I, that's, all I'm doing is keeping that moment alive. Yeah, you're, keeping that, you're putting out a... You took you taking a negative situation and trying to turn it into a positive, but what happened was because that surge of energy and the way it's coming, that surge of energy you put out, then people are gonna take it as negative and then like you said, mistaken identity, someone can get killed or right. harmed right. by something you're trying to put it make into a positive. Straight up. And if you guys are listening, uh gentlemen who were you know, the that were not the people who were because again we had uh, people had the license plate wrong so yeah. some names mm-hmm. innocent names were brought up if you're listening I do really apologize that yeah. again that's part of the reason I didn't want to load it load it up in the first place yeah understandable yeah I get it um, all right so I'll do, this is a lot about yeah. me I, but I want to get yeah, back yeah. to you Let's so let me ask you this when we talk about first of all do me this favor racism mm-hmm. and prejudice okay. describe the two well. To me, racism is um, not liking someone based off the color of their skin or um, based off of uh, cultural differences and based off trying to preserve your bloodline, okay? Because racism is is actually a race. So you're a certain um, race of person and you want to keep your people in some type of sort of power in your own mind, right? So that's what I think racism is. So if I had to break it down, it would be not like somebody for the color of their skin, trying to preserve your race and um, having cultural differences and not understanding other different cultures. Now, you don't mind uh, us, do you? No. Okay, go ahead. Now, uh, prejudice is, um, I think I think prejudice can go a, a lot of different ways. I think prejudice can go from uh, sexual orientation, mm-hmm. um, gender, um, also you have to color your skin in there. So I think mm-hmm. those are... They're, they're one and the same, but there's little nuances in there that's a little bit different when you're talking about those two. Do you think people know the difference between the two? No. Right. <laughs> right. No. Why? Um, because, you know what, I, mean? I think we live in a society where um, people are always looking for, no, no knock to the media, they're always looking for the media to feed them information. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes you have to um, take in the information, um, taking information you think you like, taking information I think that's biased toward the information you like, and then put the two together and figure out a common uh, goal, a common bond that brings those two together so you can come up with some type of uh, intelligent conclusion. Mm-hmm. A mutual friend of ours, Trenna, I know that she listens to Fox News and yeah. I mean, yeah. she'll mm-hmm. do both sides yeah, 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 yeah. to come yeah. up with her own yeah. conclusion. Yeah. Just smart. Yeah. Way to do it, yeah. You know, educate yourself. Yeah. So the reason I ask that is for the obvious reason, right? We're in a we're in a space, we're in a position where mm-hmm. people are not educated. They don't know uh, yes. backstory. They don't know definitions. They don't know um, just a lot of the details that come with yes. racism. Yes. So and that causes a lot of confusion. It does. Do you do you have any prejudice towards uh, any given group? No. <laughs> you sure about that? I'm sure. I, don't I, cha- I challenge you on that. Ask me. Ask me. Well, you know, I... <laughs> <laughs> Ask me. Okay, I will. So so uh, when we first started this podcast, mm-hmm. uh, one of the producers of the show, she, one of the, her favorite uh, elements to what we were going to introduce was this prejudice and bias test. Right? Okay, okay. So essentially, Harvard put out a website. It has 14 different uh, categories from uh, gay, black, uh, Middle Eastern, uh, women, mm-hmm. uh, disabilities. And so the objective with that is because the reality is, is that everybody has a little bit of prejudice yeah. in that. Well, because it's, it's learned behavior. So if so, if I was to, if I was to piggyback over what you're saying, mm-hmm. growing up, my parents always instilled like African-American culture in me to give me some type of... Uh, um, wow, we need to talk about that. Go on. Some value to myself. So if I was able to get out in the world, I didn't feel inferior to anybody. But hanging out with my friends, of course, especially back in like the, you know, the 90s and coming to early 2000s, you, you, you kind of pick up the same mannerisms as the people you hang with. So those are a lot of learned behaviors like, um, you know, about women and gays and, and, and white people. And all this type of things you learn, you know, when you're, in, when you're a child because you're running with other people that have no, uh, that's undereducated on mm-hmm. these topics. Right. So as you get older and you experience life and you're more open-minded, then you, you, you see, you realize that, 
oh man, that wasn't that wasn't cool how I used to think about certain things. And then you open up your mind and then you start to make friends of all different types mm -hmm. of people. So what I'm hearing is that you were just like the rest of us prejudiced growing up. Yeah. And then you, uh, by just being you, were able to unravel those. Because you learn as you, as you get older and you evolve, you learn. How, why do you think it's not that easy for a lot of people? Because I feel like at kids, as we all know as kids, right? You don't see color as kids. It's, it's learned. We know it's that. Learned, yeah. It's taught. So... Um, so I think some people are still trying to fit into whatever box that they, you know, created for themselves. Uh huh. It's or that very somebody hard created to, for them. Created for them, and yeah. I think it's very hard because you want to run with, you want to people want to be around people, have friends. So you're obviously your your base of friends are going to have same the same ideologies yeah. that you have, right? Yeah. So I think the hardest thing for most people to do is have knowledge of self. It's very hard to look yourself in the mirror and understand who you are and work on that. You know, it's interesting. My mother was, she raised me to be very confident. Mm -hmm. And I can tell the exact same thing with you. I think that's why you and I, uh, we have this kindred. Yes. That's part of why, you know, because <laughs> yeah. we're just confident people yeah. by mm -hmm. nature. Yeah. I want you to talk a little bit more about your parents teaching you about African history. Mm -hmm. I want you to talk a bit about your childhood. And did you have a diverse childhood? Did you have white friends growing up or yes. Asian friends? Yes, I had white friends. So yes. tell us a bit more about what you learned from your parents. Well, my parents was very... Um, they were very big on education, very big on whatever talents you have that you cultivate them. And I remember now that I'm older, I really, really appreciate um, the values they instilled in me because I remember as a, as a child, um, this is before the Internet. You know, we had like encyclopedias and you had like bookshelves mm -hmm. and things right. of this nature, right? <laughs> what was it? The uh, Dewey Decimal System. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, so um, my parents would, you know, they would go buy all these different, you know, books of uh, African-American inventors. And I've learned about like Ralph Bunch and, and um, all these different African-American inventors and, and people that added so much to the society that they weren't teaching in school. Mm -hmm. So I don't think a lot of people are getting, um, unfortunately, a lot of uh, young people are not getting that type of um, schooling in the home. Yeah. And um that afforded me to um, have a lot of confidence mm -hmm. and and know your history yeah, and know my history and when my and also my parents understanding I was an artist and I was talented and put and, and, and pushing me in that direction mm -hmm. you know I think that that's a now that I look back on it I, I thought that every so-called African-American home had that type of upbringing oh no oh but as I got older I understood rough. yeah so I just that's just a blessing I was able to um, have parents that wanted to instill confidence, mm -hmm. uh, self-worth in me. You know. Did your parents ever have the sit down with you about how you need to act if you have to deal with cops? Uh, yeah. 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 Do you remember but it? I remember it. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And it, we don't need to copy and paste that because <laughs> we don't. People can do the math on what that yeah. looks like. Yeah. But I did see uh, an ad and it was talking about... Um, as being a black man, you don't really have you don't have the birds and the bees conversation. You have the no, you don't. how do you need to be with uh, yeah. dealing with cops? Um, so, do you remember the the first time you were called a nigger? Yes, I remember the first time. And was it confusing, or did it make sense? How old were you? Tell us about. Um, that. I was about. I think the first time I was called that that I can actually remember that stuck in my mind. I'll say maybe it was in maybe around ninety four, ninety five. How old are you? I'm forty four. Oh, my wow. birthday was yesterday. I Happy think. birthday. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Um, so in the 90s, so you were in your teens. Yeah. When the first time you were called? Well, the first time I actually, I, I first time I could actually recall. Okay, got it. So I could have been called that before, but this is the, like, you know, sometimes I remember we block things out, like totally. negative experiences yep. out, right? So this is the first time I actually can recall being okay. called. So tell us about it. Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. Um, I was dating this girl at the time, and I was sitting on her porch. And a truck rolled by, and they were like, nigger. It kind of like threw me off a little bit. Because yeah, because you're stunned for a minute. Yeah, like, and you're looking over your shoulder. I'm looking shoulder. around. <laughs> Is it a, somebody behind me? They talk Is there about? a sign like, I missed? <laughs> and um, I was like, oh, okay. And at that moment, I'm like, that was interesting. Yeah. Because that's the first time I understood that, okay, there's people in the world that just don't like me for the color of my skin. Yeah. Um, but it was just passing by. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like a, uh, like a physical altercation or anything that was like up in my face. Which is also kind of worse. It is worse. Right? <laughs> um, so that's the first time I can remember being called the N-word. Mm -hmm. 
and um, it stuck with me. I never, I never uh, use it as a crutch or anything, not to be the best version of myself. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't give it power, mm -hmm. but I understood the context in which it was being said. Mm -hmm. And um, I just, now that I look back at that now, just being older now and understanding life much, 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 much better, I just feel sorry for those, those, those guys, man. Yeah. And it truth must, is, he's probably in the passenger seat trying to impress his buddy driving. It must be tortures in your mind to no. have to live in that space. And what would your mother say? <laughs> That's my thing. I always think about that. Exactly. Like, yo, you're doing that? Exactly. Is your, is your mom co-signing exactly. that behavior? Exactly. Um, this is interesting. I don't think I've ever really put thought into what I'm about to say. But mm -hmm. just the act, just the action, right? It's like cat calling. Or yeah. let's just say if you're calling somebody a spick or a gook or something, which yeah. is awful. Mm -hmm. But just the, the, the idea and the, what comes behind somebody just wanting to scream at a stranger in passing is even faggot. It's so yeah. weird. It's very weird. It's just weird. You could call me Barney Rubble or something, but just you screaming at me and not knowing me as you pass by, the, yeah. that whole action in its own is very fucking bizarre. Very bizarre. Yeah. And very cowardly, too. Totally. <laughs> let's, right. Let's not, let's, not leave, let's not leave that out. <laughs> right. Very cowardly. Yes. Okay. That's what that fool did. He called me a fucking nigga and then squealed around. And so so I, I had this white dude in the car with yeah, me, right? Yeah, yeah. So I got behind the dude because mm -hmm. I wanted to get his license yeah, plate. And yeah. before I knew it, my friend was out of the car running up on his car. Oh, wow. So I had to get out and tell him, bro, we don't don't waste your time or energy. Get yeah. in the car. I'm glad you guys, um, I'm glad that situation was able to be... Um, yeah, I keep solved civilly because that could have been something that could it was about to be, but yeah, yeah. So, all right. So we talked a bit about your parents. We talked a bit about your child life. It sounds like you had a pretty good upbringing. Yeah. Did you ever, I asked my buddy Kenneth this question. Mm -hmm. Did you ever have, I keep calling it the, the call to the streets, which is probably a Corey way of asking, mm -hmm. but did you ever, do you remember getting a call to the streets, a time in your life where yeah, you could have taken a different direction? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I did take a different direction. Uh -huh. Um, you know, as you know, cause like I said, I mean, once you get outside that that protection of your parents and things they instill in you and you get into hanging out with, with your friends, like I said, a lot of those different negative energies get on you. Mm -hmm. So now you start to um, be and act like something you weren't taught to be. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, of course, I got caught up in some situations in my life and I was able to turn my life around. Mm -hmm. And um, but the most important ingredient in that whole situation was that those lessons and the things that my parents instilled in me never left me. Mm -hmm. I, I left. You were able to lean on them a little yes, bit. Yes. And I was able to get back on track because mm -hmm. of what my parents instilled in me as a child coming up. Mm -hmm. So I was able to, you know, bump my, you know, bump my head a few times. I mean, because mm -hmm. really, you know, sometimes, you know, well, not even sometimes, as an African-American male growing up in the society, you're going to be, you know, poked and prodded and, 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 and you're going to have these different... Um, Energy is pulling at you. So it's very hard to um, stay focused. So it's really important that you have people in your life that uh, can instill positivity in you and, more importantly, self-value. Mm -hmm. And I like it. And then, and then you then roll that over to other people. Yes. And that's the name of the game. That's the name of the game. I love it. You see I'm distracted, but it's for good reason. No, that's so right. you and I sat down. We talked a little bit. I asked you if you had seen this video, and you said no. You were not aware of it. Let me check it out. Um, so we're going to... We're going to play this for you right now. Everybody at home, uh, you'll be able to obviously listen. So today is July 1st, 2020. Fourth of July is this weekend. We know mm -hmm. we have a lot of <laughs> racial tensions, to put it mildly. <laughs> and um, Absolutely. I'm sure some people know we kind of have a black network and a lot of things are shared. Mm -hmm. yeah. So this was sent to me last night. And I've since shared it, and it's pretty sobering and pretty scary. So I want okay. us to listen to it together. You folks listen to it at home, and then I want you to you and I to talk about it. Absolutely. All right, here we go. Let's do it. Alert as follows, comrades. This is an early alert of supposed activity this weekend on the 4th of July that would cause harm to our people on a very large scale. The Huey P. Newton Gun Club has received intel from two credible sources that multiple white nationalist groups slash militias are planning a nationwide attack on all of our people over the 4th of July weekend. The sources could not confirm the motives of the nationalists, but they might be tied to the events that have recently happened with the taking down of Confederate symbols across the United States and the retaliation against police brutality across the United States as well. We as a preparedness group 
to take this threat very seriously for two reasons. One, for the events that have sparked the epicenter in Minnesota with the murder of George Floyd mm. and the sudden spike of Klan recruitment in the southern states the past three months. Please do not take this threat lightly. Mm. Okay. Uh, over the past couple of months, there has definitely been a spike in recruitment in this area. It is my job to pay attention to these things, and I have. There's also been an uptick in rhetoric online, threats from these different militia groups. And again, this is not a training exercise. This is real. The threat is real this weekend. Take precautions. When you're out and about with your families, you should avoid large crowds of people, which shouldn't be hard because we're still on a coronavirus protocol. So staying away from large crowds should be easy. Most of the fireworks events and so forth, I believe, have been canceled. If not, you believe have been canceled. If All right, I'm going to pause that. It's got about another two minutes, but wow. but you get it. Wow. Right? Wow. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give you a few seconds to kind of process that because I needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, I had plans to go uh, to take a road trip this weekend and uh, go visit my buddy up in the Bay Area and get some work done. And he, I shared this with him. And mm-hmm. then he hit me back. and was like, uh, you might want to rethink making that road trip. And he has since canceled his plans uh, to visit with his girlfriend mm-hmm. over the weekend uh, to be outdoors. So what do you think? And how does it make you feel? You know, um, being that we're in 2020 and, and we're going through this much divisiveness and and just the temperature of our society is just on a level I've never seen before. Or felt, right? Or felt mm-hmm. um, in my lifetime. Um, I think it's, wow. I think it's important that... Um, you know, African-Americans and people that support African-Americans, we come together stronger than ever at this point and um, take a lot of these threats very seriously. And more importantly, um, African-American males, we have to learn to um, lean on each other and trust each other more. I think it's time now for us to put our egos to the side mm-hmm. and deal with each other with love and understanding so we can com- combat this type of behavior because the longer we disagree with each other and stay apart it's easier for the enemy to come in and attack us mm-hmm. from all sides so i think that um african-american men men of color women of color and the people that support us um we need to have a high high level understanding for each other and a high level support for each other right now mm-hmm. and i'm willing to do that i'm willing to put ego my ego aside and mm-hmm. and, and 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 help out any way i can um, I think it's more important than ever at this point. That's what I get from that. And um, I'm going to go see my family this, this 4th of July weekend. So I'm going to be vigilant. I'm going to make sure they stay inside and we just, you know, spend time as a family and have these uh, important conversations and also, importantly enough, find solutions to combat this. Which we're going to talk about um, yeah. towards the end of this podcast. Yeah. So hearing that, you said you're, you're going to go see your family. You yes. guys are hanging doors. Hearing this, would that did that change your idea of what you're going to do this weekend already? Are you already thinking of um, how? Does it scare you? Well, here's it. It it definitely. Um, I don't. You know. I don't. As as a uh, as one of the men in my family, I cannot um, be uh, discouraged by fear. I live in fear because I got you know nieces, nephews, people looking up. You know, looking up to me. So I have to keep myself level headed. But I am going to be um, aware. And I'm going to make decisions, me and my father, and we're going to make decisions, and my brother as well. We're going to make decisions that um, are in the best interest of everybody in my family. Um, if they want to go somewhere, we'll go, but we'll make sure we're vigilant and we keep our head on a swivel and making sure things are. Uh, Which we do already. Coach, yeah. Which we so, been Yeah, that's, college. you know. <laughs> yeah, that's, so, that's, yeah, that's, but, you know, I'm not going to let a group um, paralyze me with fear. You know, we have a lot of white supremacists in California. 
Absolutely. Yeah, you know that. Yeah, I knew that. Um, Absolutely. So I like that you talk. I love this. I love talking with you. <laughs> I do because I think that a lot of our ideas and, and the kind of just life adages, they all kind of, mm-hmm. they align up. Yeah. And I think that fear, everything comes from fear. Yes. You know? Um, and I think if people can understand what fear is and, and, and you know, learn about it and how it affects yes. them, that there could be a lot of healing done. So none of this makes you want to get a gun. I'm already a gun owner. Oh, damn. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, my, um, you know, my brother, he was in the, you know, my brother was in the, uh, he was in the Navy. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sister husband's in the Navy. Do you have that gun on you right now? No, I won't have okay. it on. No, no, oh, no. That was no, a silly no, question, no, no. but whatever. I'm allowed to ask, please. There's no such thing as a <laughs> no, stupid question. No, absolutely. No, I, you know, I, no, that's not on me, but um, we're definitely, I encourage all people of color to, if you can get a gun legally, um, utilize the laws and become wow. a gun owner. Really? Um, yeah. My I would have totally thought you would have given me a different answer. Here no, I am thinking, we're well, no. right on time, we're lined up. No, we, you know, we, <laughs> um, but you know me like that's something like me and my my father, my brother, my brother actually builds guns. Yeah, he can build them. So me, me, him, and my father. We're, he has we, a military background. Yeah, my brother's in the navy. You, I think you just said that. Yeah. Okay. So he actually owns too many guns. I think to be honest, with you. <laughs> <laughs> that's something my mom have a conversation with. I just say, okay, 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 okay. But you know, me, him, and my father, we actually have built guns together and we go to the shooting range and things of that nature. Um, yeah. So, um, I'm definitely a gun owner. Wow. I'm not a gun owner. I've, I've always, Mm -hmm. I've never been really a big proponent of guns. Mm -hmm. Um, another conversation, another (laughs) podcast, but, um, I, I, I had, I had a sheriff on yesterday and, um, I said, yo, do you think I should get a gun? And he's like, well, are you prepared to take someone's life? First question he asked me, Boom, right? Yeah. Not, yeah. can you fire it? You know, what are you yeah. worried about? Where would you put it? Like, first thing is, are you ready to kill yeah. somebody? Mm-hmm. And I had to think about it. And my initial answer was no. And he said, then there's Of your course answer. you don't want to kill it. I mean, who Well, wants- but can you? It's one thing to want, but can you physically, are you actually able to do um, it? I, you know. Not you. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, let's, 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 let's walk, let's, let's, let's walk down that road, right? Mm-hmm. So if you were a gun owner, right? And I think you should be. Mm-hmm. That's your right as an American citizen to own a gun to protect yourself. Um, when, you, when you think of um, killing someone, you're thinking about just on a surface level of just bang, bang, shoot somebody, right? Yeah. Now, that dynamic changes once your life is in, in jeopardy mm-hmm. because now it's about survival. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously you don't want to be in a situation like that. None of us want to be in that situation. Mm-hmm. None of, I don't want to kill anybody ever, mm-hmm. you know. But what if your life is in danger, then that becomes something different. Mm-hmm. Um, but you would never know until you're put in that situation. Like, I see situations, people, like, I see situations like sometimes, and I see people do things that I wouldn't necessarily do, but then I, I, I stop myself from judgment because, okay, what would I do in that situation? It's easy if, to- If you were really in those circumstances. Exactly, it's yeah. easy for me to Monday day quarterback Instead of being in a game Sunday and being the uh-huh. person that that thing is happening to, I get it. It's so true because guaranteed, <laughs> if you, you're guaranteed, whatever conclusion you came to, not being part of the situation, would not be the same conclusion if you were. Exactly. Guaranteed. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Again, I did not expect this response. From you, okay. <laughs> not at all. Um, but it's something that I think that I needs to uh, continue to be talked about. Yes. Um, so we talked about hate and such, and. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually want to share one more video. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to make this a habit. No, um, it's okay. My friend Julie sent this to me, and she said it made her cry. This is about 29 seconds. Uh, but I think we do live in a world, obviously, mm-hmm, I'm just going to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, where you can lean on certain um, videos or yeah. certain uh, uh, snippets of people's stories okay. to be able to prove a point. Yeah. I think that a lot of people are obviously using that to prove the wrong points. <laughs> but I love this one. This is really, really nice. And this is the America that we live in, okay. right? We're all we're all come from mixed blended families. Yes, yes, okay. for sure. So yeah. this is a UFC fighter sitting mm-hmm. speaking at a junket, and he invites his uh, he's a black dude, and he okay. invites his white father up. Okay, mm, let's okay. do this real quick. All right. yeah, come here, come here, come here. Oh, he's gonna bring. So we've been fighting we, right now in, in this time in our country. We're doing this whole Black Lives Matter. Everyone's fighting. Everyone's looting. This is my father. I was born in foster care. Mm. I didn't have a mother or a father. They gave me away. My father wasn't. 
fit to be my father, this is my dad here, Jacob Benny. He's been there since the beginning. He's done everything. He laid his life down for me, and I lay his life down for him. I don't judge any man on the color of their skin, but the content of their character. Mm -hmm. We're here. We love. It doesn't matter what color it is. It's all about love. You can't beat hate with hate. You beat hate with love. So everyone out there, please stop fighting. Please come together. We can't beat it that way with love. Mm. So that's interesting. Talk about but, but see, that goes back to uh, what we were talking about uh, previously in the beginning of the uh, this uh, interview. A lot of that hate is taught in the home when you're young. Mm -hmm. So this young man here, having his father be a white man and raise him up properly, he, him being in that diverse situation made him understand that all that stuff they're talking about, you know, you don't like black people or whatever, that's not true. Because here's a man that I'm supposed to look at a certain way raised me to be the man that I am now. So how can I buy into an ideology that doesn't make sense mm -hmm. versus how I was raised? Mm -hmm. So a lot of that um, racism, a lot of that hatred is taught to kids in the home. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, it's not one kid on the planet Earth that's born and comes in racist. Right, period. Doesn't happen. Period. Period. No one can tell me that. That that's 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 not true. Mm -hmm. So, that that leads me to believe that, and I'll stand on this that that is a taught, learned behavior. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you have to say to? I found, and I love that you said that because we know that, right? Mm -hmm. So, the point again, part of the message with this podcast is for those of us that had learned that behavior, mm -hmm. how do we unlearn it? It can be done. Yes. You can unlearn things. That's yes. a beauty. That's called evolving, yes. right? So I guess, you know, there's so, there's, there's so much to unpack and just that unpack and just that alone. Mm -hmm. But one thing that stuck with me with this guy's uh, interview or him pulling his father aside was mm -hmm. the fact that he really emphasized the only way to combat and beat fear and hate is with love. Yes. I mean, it's like it's like uh, it's the, it's like looking at it, look at it like a recipe. Right. Mm -hmm. Or it's like a chemistry, uh, something like that. Right. So what do you have to say to that? I mean, do you think that people get the, that concept that like, like on a, like, on a like, grand like, scale, like, yeah, no, no. That's why we're in the device. Like what we're talking we're about. If somebody calls us the N word, do we hate them or do we love? Like what do you like? How? Well, I don't. I don't. I don't hate or love them. I just have empathy for them. Mm -hmm. um, but that would be a, an example of where somebody could have used love to combat that hate, and mm -hmm. supposedly that then the results would be um, yeah. some evolution. But but we got to remember, like, um. A lot of people probably have never experienced love in their lives. Oh, that's deep. Okay. So. That's sad. You can't. We, so here's the thing. When it comes to, to love, a person had to be able to experience that in some shape or form in their life leading up to even understand what this young man is talking about on that, on that video. Because mm -hmm. if we're going to combat hate with love, first you got to know what love is. And know what that feels and like. And know what that feels like. Child. I love it. And again, you're right. It's like if you if you come from love and if you've experienced love, love then is addicted. Then you get that. Then you, right. But if you don't come from then love. It, then that resonates. That's right. Preach. I love that. And, 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 it, and it, oh, sorry, get it. No, you go. <laughs> and, and what I've learned is that I came from a home of so much love. I thought everybody came from that. So now that's why I have empathy for people because- that's not the norm. Yeah, a lot of people come so from sad. hatred, hate, hate, you know, hatred and and, yeah. and not being valued. So and neglect and, and anger neglect and, abuse. and anger. Yeah. So until we get to the crux of that yeah. within that person, yeah, for them to understand love on a on a grand scale, they will never understand what that young man is talking about. And those of you out there that are listening who may have had some interesting experiences in your youth or this strikes, strikes a chord, feel free to reach out to me and Tyson. I'm serious. Because mm -hmm. again, it's all about us doing the work. I don't have to know yeah. you to be able to set some, some time aside to talk to Absolutely. you. You know, um, I've had some people in my life who I can think of right now who definitely need 
to be yeah. led to the, the water, yes. right? Um, but they don't want to. They want to live in their misery. They want to live in their anger. That's what they know. It's what's comfortable. Yeah. Um, but true, le- true living is when you're stepping outside of your comfort zone and vulnerability. Yep. Man, I'm glad you're here. And we're, I'm going to get you back. So I, we, we got yeah, much more to absolutely. talk about. Absolutely. Much more to talk about. Absolutely. So let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. A lot of white friends of mine, mm-hmm. I'm sure as well of yours, have yeah. been reaching out to us like, I don't know what to do or yeah. I want to do something. Or, or or let me ask you this. A lot of people, when this, when the George Floyd thing broke, mm-hmm. people were just calling to check on us. Yeah. How did that make you feel? Did, that, did you resent that? Did you get the intent behind that? How did it make you feel? I didn't resent it. Um, I knew that they already had love for me. Mm-hmm. I think they were checking on me, but I think it was a little confusion on their end, like, what do I do? Really, honestly, most of my friends, you're already doing it. Yeah. There you go. There's nothing more you need you're to do. You're being my friend. You're loving me. There's nothing more you need to do. You're yeah. already doing it. So I had a friend of mine. Um, I like that answer. I had a friend of mine. Um, she, We were trying to figure out a way to um, do something because of the police brutality and different things. And I was trying to figure out a way to attack that through an art piece or something that I could, you know, uh, let people know my thoughts. Mm -hmm. And she had came up with this this, uh, premise that she would, we would take this picture with her kneeling in front of me, things of that nature. I said, no, we don't need to do that. Hmm. You don't have to kneel in front of me. We are, we are all, we're, we are equal. You are my friend. Yeah. We don't have to put that type of message out there because at the end of the day, You've always treated me with the utmost respect, and I've treated you with the utmost respect. So my friends do reach out and say, you know, you know, I'm sorry for what's going on. I appreciate that. But what they don't really understand on a, on a high level is you don't even you already doing what you're supposed to be need to be doing for me. Right, right. That's how I look at it. There's a lot to what you just said right there. And I like this because that's, I guess that's how good conversation works, mm-hmm. right? Now you mm-hmm. kicked open another door. Yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> You not wanting her to take that action for an image yeah. is because you're looking to create a different message, one that is not one that we've probably already heard that seems to not get the response that yes. we want. Yes. What do you have to say to a lot of folks of color and of not mm-hmm. that um, don't believe that change can be made, that are continuing to talk about the plight and what we've gone through as people of color uh, and hoping that that will get solutions? You see where mm-hmm. I'm going with I understand that? what you're saying. What do you have to say to that? Um, I don't think we're going to, as of um, as African-American community, I don't think we're going to get changed by shaming other demographics. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're going to get changed by leaning on each other, respecting each other more. And the people that support us stay steadfast with us in the movement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, all we, that's all we really need. I don't think it should be a thing where we got to make people feel bad for something that a lot of most of them probably weren't around when these things were occurring right all right so and there's so much behind that right because <laughs> where do, where do we if whatever anger that we might have where do we place that and that's not fair for me to be mad at one of my white friends or their yes. parents or grandparents yeah. Or, yeah you know well i think um, um we have a lot of healing to do but i think a lot of that is inner work love this i think a lot is inner work and i also think it's a, a high level understanding of african-american history and culture that have contributed to this society. Mm-hmm. Because what that does is that adds value to you. And then our, our, our demographic people that's supporting our movement, mm-hmm. now we have something to give them that they can hang their hat on. And mm-hmm. then we just move it all forward. Understand that we all built America. Mm-hmm. We all contributed to this place. Mm-hmm. Everybody, if you were supposed to take one demographic out of here, it would change the whole dynamic of this whole country. Totally. We all, so really, basically, we all in this thing together. I know that sounds cliche because of the coronavirus and stuff, but we are all in this together. But I think the real message that you're conveying right now is to not place blame, blame to not point fingers, because that's not that's not going to create a solution. No. And we've, we've, we're, we've exhausted those points, yes. right? Mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that. Because yes. a lot of people I've talked to disagree. Mm-hmm. You know? no, that's, not, that's, that's fine. And guess what? I'm, I respect <laughs> that. And, and it's always... Uh, it's always uh, dialogue and disagreeing as long as we can always come to a level like I respectfully agree to disagree with right. you. Right. And I, and you know what? I don't have enough of those conversations because that's where I can learn. Yeah. You know, I one thing I've been trying not to do is get into conversations or debates on Facebook with people because yeah. it's just, it goes mm-hmm. nowhere. And I kept seeing this meme. But meme is words, GIF is, is a video. Yeah. GIF, whatever. Um, and it was the, if you put a color in front of 
Lives Matter, then you're racist. Mm. And I was sick of seeing that. So I placed it on this woman's Facebook page. Mm -hmm. And I said, listen, what you're saying is insensitive. And I went on. But Mm -hmm. I came from a place of love. Yeah. And then she hit me back with, like, Democrats and Black Lives Matter and terrorists. And and I said, my response was, you're obviously mad at Democrats. And you obviously got a lot of anger. Mm -hmm. All I'm letting you know is this message reads differently to black people. But then this dude chimed in, right? Mm -hmm. And he and I, I was up to four in the morning rapping with this guy. Mm -hmm. And he, I learned from him, he learned from me. And at the end of the conversation, he's like, I hope you're a hugger, because when I meet you, you're getting a big old hug. <laughs> and I was like, yo. But I was having that uncomfortable yeah. conversation with him, yeah. and, I, and I'm glad I did. Mm, that's good. Look at me going on tangents. So yeah, so let me just, just piggyback off that. I don't think anybody in a society doesn't understand that all lives matter. <sighs> I mean, I think, you know, we no. get that all lives matter. I think we get that, but I think what people are not understanding what Black Lives Matter is that this is a, a separate issue because of the way uh, blacks in this country have been disenfranchised mm-hmm. and some of the brutality has happened to them. So that's why it makes it just a little bit of a different tweak to the matter, all, all the ma- life matters situation. So I think when people look at Black Lives Matter, they think that Oh, they just talking about only black. What about everybody else? No, that's just a special situation. But, but so, so when you say that, I know that you know that some white people that read Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. understand it. Yeah, they're not. We're not. No one's saying that other lives don't yeah, matter. Ab- absolutely not. So then, let me ask you this: Those that don't get it, does the, is it safe for people to just make the assumption that they're prejudiced? Is it safe to? Is that the assumption? Or, or just ignorant? I like that. Cause you I gotta like, remember, like you got that's that gray area. And now, listen, I like that. I got to jump in again. I've had a lot of coffee, <laughs> but listen, I like that because one of the things I want to do in conversation is not generalize. Yeah. We all do it because yeah. we're lazy thinkers yeah. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That goes into <clears throat> that gray area. Yes, which is a, another word would be ignorance. Yes, I'm so glad I asked you that. Absolutely. Because it's weird. And a lot of my, my cousin, Brandy, who's in the Midwest, she's white. She's mm-hmm. like, I don't get it, and you could tell she resents. All yeah. She doesn't like mm-hmm. it. Yeah. You know. Um, all right. <clears throat> Let me ask you this. When you refer to our people, you refer to, the, to us as African-American. Yeah. I refer to our people as black. Yeah. And a lot of my white friends, I soon correct them when they say African-American. Yeah. Tell me why you say African-American. Well, I just use different terms because uh, over time, you know, um, people of color in this country, we've been called different things. We from nigger to negro to colored, <laughs> I mean, to uh, black and to African-American. What uh-huh. was the last... Uh, um, I don't want to call it label, but last thing that was assigned to us. Right, as which people. was part of the PC okay. wave. Right? So when I, I, I kind of sway between both of those because some blacks like African-American and some understand. So I just want to give two different variations of the mm-hmm. word. Got it. Um, but it's changed so much over time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, black, they can use black. But to me, black is more of a color than a race. Mm-hmm. But then African-American is actually uh, um, would be the... If we're going to be in this society, would be the race. But actually, we're more importantly Americans. You know, we're Americans. We just have to be. We, we just have a darker pigmentation. Mm-hmm. But just to be in this society, we have to be labeled as African American or Black because of so many different changes of the word. Mm-hmm. So I know that most people identify with Black or African American. Mm-hmm. So and I identify with those every once in a while. So mm-hmm. yeah. Have you have you have you have you traveled outside of the U.S.? Yes, plenty of times. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So that, I'm, I'm going to bring you back. Yeah. And we're going to talk about some of that stuff too. But yeah. I'm going to play a game with you real quick. Okay. Okay. It's it's, it's going to be yay or nay. All right. I don't want you to think. I just want you to say yay or nay. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Uh, Kanye West. Uh uh-uh, oh, you can't think. It's got to be quick. Uh. Nay. All right. Candace Owens. Nay. Wow. Farrakhan. Mm, nay. Because I can't think about it, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Biden. Nay. Wow. <laughs> no, for real. For real. Melania Trump. Nay. Mm-hmm. Um, Cory Booker. Nay. So, okay. And, <laughs> no, and I love this. I love this because I, I, I'm going to give you an explanation why I have these days. Well, and I think that, <laughs> I think that you're, so how do you feel about politicians and politics? Um, in the whole? And that's a broad question. I think politics has its place. Um, 
I'm and neither, I asked this I'm neither Republican or Democrat, uh-huh. to be honest. I asked this because a lot of the things I was leaning towards were mm-hmm. just a few were just political. Mm-hmm. Um, even Cory Booker, for instance. Yeah. And I think that like him being black, a man of color, or even Obama, I think that we are, because we're men of color, yeah. we are obligated to back and support everything yeah. that they say. Yeah. Yeah. The way I see politics, it's always a lesser of two evils. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's kind of, is that kind of how you see it as well? Um, yeah, I think, you know, I think when it comes to uh, politics in this society, it's not, I never looked at politics as something to do something for black people. I think they have to do for all people. Mm-hmm. So I never really was big into politics. I do follow politics, mm-hmm. and I do a vote occasionally. Mm-hmm. That's honest. Me too. Um, but I, I, I think we learned in the last election yeah. that voting sometimes. Yeah. I just feel that difference. politician is, is is a government entity that's they can promise you things, but you that's know. just to get your vote. You know, so, yeah, so. Where's our wall? <laughs> Not that I wanted that. So all those people, those lists are, they're, they're kind of, you know, they're uh, polarizing in their own ways, right? And mm-hmm. they have things that some people uh, agree with, some people disagree with. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm able to take in information from all sources. And like I said, I think the most important thing is to be able to come up with your own intelligent conclusions. Uh-huh. And, and, and do positive. Yes, yeah. Always. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of these names that we, they're they're not necessarily always sending out positive messages. Yeah. If messages alone. But they do have a cult platform. following, and, and they, they have, have a platform. platform, and they have a platform, and they have people that, and I, I I've heard all of these uh, uh, people on that list speak. Uh huh. And some of the things I think, you know, I could oh, okay. Yeah. Since something's like, nah, I don't, I don't agree with that. Uh huh. I saw a panel, uh, T.I., um, Killer Mike, mm-hmm. and Candace Owens yeah, was on this yeah, panel. Yeah. Did you watch I that? I saw that. I and saw I was that. like, okay. <laughs> I was like, all right. And again, I saw that. It was a learning moment for me yes. to not to not just jump to conclusions. Yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna leave that. In yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what I would like for you to do right now mm-hmm. as we wrap this up. Yes. Uh, do you, is there anything else you want to add before we talk about some solutions that we can leave the listeners with? Um, no, I think we, I think we, this is actually a really, really, um, great interview. Good. You feel good about it. Yeah. I feel really good. I think we've covered a lot. I think, yeah, I think we touched on some really great and sensitive topics. Yeah. Yeah. And again, uh, with a lot of the guests, uh, I'm going to have you back because Mm -hmm. I feel like there's so much more that we need to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, such as the importance of travel, such yeah. as, um, mm-hmm. you know, the future as far as us, yeah. as black men, as far as the uh, kids and future, what kind of hope do we have for them? Yes. We have a lot to talk about. A- absolutely. So, all right, give it to me. G- give us your homework. What are some solutions you can leave the listeners with? Um, well, my number one solution is um, understanding value and knowledge of self, which is very important for um uh, any race of people to have. Um, mm, right. I think once you add value to yourself, um, you'll look at the world differently and um, you will have something to offer. So how can world. give people some um, some instruction? How can they do that? OK, so when you when you first of all, you have to eradicate selfishness. The all about me attitude. Mm-hmm. You have to balance out um Material possession versus what you need mm-hmm. to survive. Okay, so take that and then put it in even more action. Are you literally telling people to go in their closet and like take out clothes that they don't wear anymore? You can do that, um, or you can just stop buying things you think that you need. Okay, right. Such, such as, such as, you know, it, we all suffer from this. Such as maybe, you know, a designer bag or some new sneakers or, you know, um, anything that's material materialistic that it really serves you no purpose but to just stroke your ego so if you were able to just pull that back some and then say okay then say to yourself okay if i like i'm gonna touch on what you said about cleaning out your closet if you would clean out your closet and maybe donate that to uh for a good cause yeah angel view or something like that what you're doing is you're you're creating in your world and in a world outside of you uh, positive energy. Mm-hmm. I love you. 
I do. I do. And listen, I learned this from my therapist, right? Because mm-hmm. I was, you know, mm-hmm. we all go through slumps. Therapy yeah. was something that worked mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Uh, it still does on occasion. Yeah. Um, but when I'm feeling down and I'm lost in my ego mm-hmm. and I'm lost in woe is me, you're supposed to go do an act of kindness to somebody do else. Do some kind. Somebody. Yep. Is, is what will help you. So that goes back to servitude. Mm-hmm. We got to realize that our main purpose here is for servitude to each other. Uh-huh. Right. So, okay, like, for instance, Trina told me, hey, he got, Brian has a podcast. No problem. Right. Whatever that brother need from me, he got it. I love it. I love. I don't it. care if he was doing it out of your, your house in your, your garage. Right. I'm there. Uh-huh. I don't care if I'm in Italy selling paints for a billion dollars. If you call, I'm there. That's uh-huh. servitude. And that's appreciation. I never thought about this, this, you meeting with me. I never looked at it as servitude. And it is. It's servitude. Because you gave me an opportunity. We're friends. We're brothers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I have to make sure I uplift you, just like you uplift me. Yeah. I can't say, oh, well, I don't know what Brian's doing, so I'm, you know, blah, 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 blah. No. I'm obligated to my brother. Mm -hmm. That's servitude. And that creates good karma. Mm -hmm. And spreads love. Absolutely. <laughs> I love this. Absolutely. And again, because the goal, a big part of the goal here is to give people real-time solutions. What Absolutely. Can, let, me, let me spell out an action for you that's, that you're going to get benefit from. And so, that, that yes. was one. Continue if you have so, some more. So less about yourself and more about others. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That creates positive energy for you. Hold on real quick. Yeah. Uh, we got George Robert Fuller on the line. This is my buddy from Chicago. Oh, okay. He's just uh, chimed into the podcast. George, how you doing? I'm wonderful. How are you, Mr. Gallio? Well, we're doing. I'm doing all right, thank you. I'm joined with Tyson Knight. You've seen Tyson Knight on Desert Living. He's a he's an artist, 44 year old uh, black artist here in the Coachella Valley, and you know we're talking uh, about all kind of stuff. Let me ask you this real quick. You know, uh, I just asked him about some solutions. You're a man of color. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, uh-huh. can you think of any solutions that we can give our listeners uh, that they can uh, literally apply beginning today that might be able to give them some insight on some some maybe some underlining racism or prejudice that they might have and ways to just better themselves? Um, I don't really know, Mr. Gallio. I really don't know. I would just say maintain an open mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something called cornrows that people of color used to do back in the 70s. Mm. I think if everybody, and it's a process of having someone who actually does the cornrows sitting the person on the floor mm-hmm. and like that's a bonding period yes so i think that if people learned how to braid their hair we can share that camaraderie with each other and bond and have conversations with each other about true life and i think that that will begin to open doors wow, wow. i what, agree yeah that's what a beautiful. cool example I'm yeah. braid my hair <laughs> come on and braid my hair yeah I think robert kelly that's so beautiful robert kelly yeah. is known for this song. It would kind of give you insight as to what I'm speaking on. All right. And I don't know how to braid hair, so you're going to have to teach me that. We're going to get you back on. We're going to do a Zoom call with you because you're out of Chicago. George, I'm going to uh, get you on the line later. I appreciate you calling in. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Mr. Gallio. No problem. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. No problem. Wow. Um, I like that analogy you used. That was pretty cool. That was cool because, yeah. again, it's looking... <laughs> Trent's face right now. <laughs> but it's... I love it because... Everybody has an idea, a different, as, yeah, right, as to what a solution might be, and that's dope. That is dope. So, why, how I interpret what he said, dope, but it's all up into different interpretations. What I interpret what he said was having a culture and experience and, and teaching that culture and letting other people experience that culture, right? Because braiding your hand, a window appear into our life, exactly. Fire, so yeah, so that's what I got from what the brother was saying. Fire, yeah. Yeah. I didn't mean to take the stage from you. That was just no, no, nah, I don't. I don't. I mean, this is this is a, it's a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We get random callers. Yeah, all it's all good, man. You know, the brother needed some. He had to get some off his mind. And folks always got something to say. <laughs> no, that's my brother. that guy's like family to me. Yeah, that's cool. Um, man. So, do you have any other solutions that you could leave us with? Um, and if not, you can save some for the I next time yeah, we chat. I'll, I'll save some for the for the next time. But that's the one that's on my heart. I think you know, just servitude to others, and um, I think that can open up doors to other other things as far as racism and things of that nature because once you get into servitude and helping others i think that would um would help you understand yourself a little bit better and just understand the world around you a little bit better so i think that's a that's a jumping off point and you and i are telling people right now from first-hand experience that it does work it does work period it does work and and it works immediately because what I realized is, um, even with the pandemic and me uh, mentoring and helping people, 
Um, it's all races of people that that need help. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so nobody is exempt. Now I'm definitely um, sensitive to the to black people in African American plight. I get it um, on a certain level, but as a as a whole community, it's all races of people that need help. Mm-hmm. I remember one time I was uh, when the pandemic first happened. Um, I had uh, volunteered with um, uh, this young lady. I can't think of her name right now, but she works with the Palm Springs Art Commission. She's gonna kill me. I can't remember her name right now. Oh, you're in trouble. It, it escapes me because my mind is going 100 miles per hour. But uh, she called me and said, "Hey, would you come down to the Jesse O. James Center and um, help me um, volunteer to give out food?" Mm-hmm. And they had like this, you know, because people weren't really dealing with each other, so they had like a drive-through where people drive up and then you'll just hand them bags of food and boxes and put it in their trunk for them, stuff like that. Uh-huh. And um, they had the actual uh, military there helping as well. And what I noticed was that the cars that were pulling up, it was everybody, man. Latin, white, black, whatever. Everybody. So that let me that, that made me understand on a well, I already understood that, but it just reinforced what I already understood was that But you had to see it. I had to see it. Because sometimes we don't see things out of sight, out of mind, right? Yeah. And then if you if you're plugged into the social media and T V and then you 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 follow one narrative, you get a skewed view. Yes. So seeing that, seeing that all demographic people need help. We all need help, man. Um, that um, that gave me a certain level of empathy, and I understand that on a on a on a on a high level, just from a human perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Our last caller, um, he lives in downtown Chicago. We had a conversation. We talk a lot about what's going on, and he was talking about how he just didn't really have hope for the future, and he thought that you know this that, that, that things just weren't good, and we weren't mm-hmm. hearing the voices or getting the support we needed. Mm-hmm. Then the next day, he had to ride his bike to go run an errand, and mm-hmm. he ran into the protest, mm-hmm. and he took a video and he started crying, and he called me. He's like, "Wow, maybe you are onto something," because he saw a lot of white folks out there mm-hmm. fighting for our cause. Mm-hmm. So, um, I appreciate you being here. I always appreciate you, brother. I'm gonna get you back. Anytime. All right. That wraps it up for us, everybody. As you know, find ways to do your part. You can use some of the examples that we learned today from uh, Tyson Knight or George Robert Fuller. You can find Tyson on all social media platforms. And again, we're going to bring him back. So again, do your part. All love. We love you. And we'll see you or hear you soon.